You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Hello, everyone, and Merry, Merry Christmas from everyone at the Basement Talk Podcast. Edward Soul with, of course, Jake Simone. And uh, Jake, hopefully you had a very Merry Christmas, considering we are recording this Wednesday, but it will be out on Friday. So, Jake, Merry Christmas in advance and hope you had a Merry Christmas breaking the fourth wall. Well, Merry Christmas to you as well, my friend. I appreciate it. And a Happy New Year. And, and a Happy New Year. Listen, 2021 could not be possibly as bad as 2020. That's that's the, We say that now. That's the underlying hope. Yeah. <laughs> Norm, now, normally, the way that I am with New Year's is why would I celebrate a year when I know the next year is going to be just as shitty, if not worse? This year, I am going to celebrate New Year's like I've never celebrated New Year's before. Well, you can't go anywhere after 10 o'clock in the state of New York. So True, Andy. Andy may come for me. And he may come for me. He may he may knock on my door. Excuse me, Mr. Birdsaw. It's ten people. What a life. Tell you what, I wonder what he'll be doing New Year's. I I don't think he'll be uh he'll be uh partying with less than ten people, I can tell you that right now. I think that's a safe bet. I, w- I would say so. I think I'm pretty sure I can put that in as a uh, as like a leg in my parlay, maybe. Yeah, maybe tease the over under. Yeah, I think I think it would be I think it would be a safe line. I think you could probably get good odds on it too. Yeah. So we have like I we hyped up all week. We've talked about it on many other programs as well. It is a massive NBA themed show tonight. We are talking about nothing but the NBA award predictions, trade predictions, playoff predictions. They are all here. We will be talking about that in. Full, but first we have to get to, of course, the only fixture on this show. The one thing that Andrew Cuomo cannot touch on the Basement Talk podcast is Deep Sleeper of the Week. The only thing he cannot touch. So, Jake, we're back. Yeah, let's do it. Who is your Deep Sleeper of the Week, sir? This is going to be. A very outside-the-box one for this program, and and you as well, my friend. Hmm. I'm going with pizza parlors the night before Christmas Eve and the amount of business that they bring in. It is something else. I was out tonight picking up a pizza pie, and there, of course, is only four people allowed in the store. So there's just a giant uh, line wrapped around, and I'm out there freezing with my hoodie. Of course, I didn't bring my heavy coat. I thought, you know, I'll be one, two, three. I'll go and grab the pizza, get out. I don't need to wear this big jacket. And, uh, you know, just outside freezing for a solid 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Far too long just to get a pizza pie, an overpriced pizza pie. How how, How much did you pay for your pizza? $18 $18 for a regular pie. Yikes. Yeah. Pretty good pizza though. I I, I gotta say. But small yeah. business small business, I hope. It, it is a small business. You know how I am with my small business. Oh, we lo- we love our small business here. We are we are we are a small business based on talk podcast. Yeah. Some would call some would call us a, a small up and coming incorporation. We'll be uh we'll be trading uh on Wall Street next week if you want to go and buy 
in uh, BTP stock. Yeah, now's the time. Now is the time. Buy low, penny stock. will be booming in no time. I like that one. And and you know what? I think that if there's one night where having just comfort food and pizza and something simple is, for lack of a better phrase, politically correct, tonight is the night. I did not go that avenue. We actually had a chicken marsala for dinner. It was quite wow. delicious. Real high class over there, uh, King Farouk. Well, li- well, listen, I mean, some people got to eat well. <laughs> It was quite delicious. So shout out, shout out the homie, Big Donna, Big D, uh, for uh, for for whipping that up. And uh, we actually we actually opened up three Christmas gifts tonight. I don't know if that's, that's sacrilegious. I know yeah, some people no. are probably crawling out of their skin, but we opened up three Christmas gifts from uh, outside family. So, and I guess I, it doesn't tie into my deep sleeper. My deep sleeper was something else. But if I wanted to put this as my deep sleeper, I would say. Um, Christmas gifts that you get where the shit doesn't fit. And for me tonight, (laughs) you want to hear my luck. So two of the three were clothes. So I don't know how this happens, but it only happens to me. The shirt that I got, it was a nice little cashmere sweater. Oh. Extra large. I am not an extra large. I am a large Whoa. I was offended, to put it mildly. I would be too. To put it mildly. And then, and then, the kicker, and this is this is like the whole story, which maybe you can help me out with this because I don't quite frankly understand this, is we got, um, my brother and I, we both got uh, the Ugg slippers. Uh, not a slipper guy. I'm a bit big slipper bathrobe guy, but my point here is the slippers were too damn small. But how do you break it? How do you break it to the person that bought you that though? Well, it was, see, here's the thing. It came with a gift receipt. So you're covered. Perfect. Completely covered. That's so gift receipts, man. (sighs) Clever, clever. You know, you know, really should be the deep sleeper of the week. And maybe it'll be a deep sleeper next week. Gift receipts. Wow. Big. Big, big MVPs. Let me tell you something. Yeah. But the slipper that I got was a size 10 and a half. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a big guy. Big in many areas. I also have big ass feet. Big ass feet. These puppies were 10 and a halfs. I wear a size 12. 12, yeah. Dude, I put my foot in the slipper and I was like, this does not fit. And I looked at the size. I saw 10 and a half. I'm like, mom, you know, these are 10 and a half, right? She's like, yeah. Or don't you wear a 10 and a half? No, I wear a 12. I haven't worn a 10 and a half since my junior year of freaking high school. Now your foot. See, I've been the same shoe size for like my entire high school about 10 through now I've been the same shoes. You're lucky. You're really lucky. Yeah. I've because my, yeah. my feet dude. And, and I know this is going to gross some people out because talking about feet is disgusting. Yes. I am well aware. I'll keep this as, as simple as can be. I have big and wide with my feet. So finding shoes that are comfortable enough for my feet 
it is damn near impossible. New Balance, man. Most comfortable dude, shoe out there. Dude, that's what I have. My my tennis shoes, when I when I'm, you know, playing some some tennis, when I'm trying to put on my uh, Roger Federer impression, my tennis shoes are New Balance. My every shoe I wear is New Balance. They are awesome. Love them. They they are awesome. They're wide. They give you the nice little ankle support cuz I also have flat feet, so then that, that's another uh, strike against me. But they're so nice. They're so wide. They fit nice. It's comfy. Uh, it's like, ah, you know, this is nice. I put I put that little slipper on. I had the slipper on for like 10 seconds. My feet still hurt. Jeez. It, it was it was an awful experience. My deep sleeper. And I know this is one you're going to have an opinion on, Jake. Light on me. My deep sleeper of the week, and we talked about this on the fantasy show, but it was so important for me to bring this up because of the new development that happened today where Juju Smith-Schuster decided to play hero. My deep sleeper of the week are logos. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there has been a craze going on for the entire year, not just the last couple of weeks, the entire year, where Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster puts on TikTok, and those of you that don't know what TikTok is, A, get with the times, B, it is a social media app where people put silly videos of themselves up. So Juju Smith-Schuster, receiver for the Steelers, posted these TikToks when he goes to different stadiums to play his games, dancing on the logos of other teams. And because the Steelers were playing very, very well, they were going on, they were undefeated. It was completely, you know, okay. You know, no one really, no one really, you know, had a tiff with it because the Steelers were playing well and, you know, fine. Then the Steelers started to start, they, they started to lose. They lost against the Washington football team. They lost against the Buffalo Bills. And then just recently, Monday night, they lost to the Bengals. And both Twitter accounts for the Bills and the Bengals posted little jabs at Juju for, for dancing on, on the logo. And this has now incited a whole frenzy of opinion about whether or not Juju is in the right to do whatever he wants, having fun, young kid, 23 years old, blah, 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 or if he is a petulant child. And Jake, I want to ask you for your opinion before I reiterate mine. So go ahead. Uh, you know me, man. I'm old school. Um, I think that's, that's what I figured. <laughs> I think that shit's cheap. Um, and Juju sure shit isn't backing up whatever he's doing right now. His numbers are not there. I, all I got to say to everybody out there is AB was right. He, Juju has not been the same guy since Antonio Brown has not been on the Steelers. So, yeah, um, yes. You know, the numbers back me up here. And I think uh, Juju needs to start focusing on the football less on dancing and TikToks. That's my opinion on it. Thank you. Thank you. We had, I, 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 we didn't have it so much on the, on the podcast, but it's been off the podcast where I've had numerous debates with people about this. And I've been called everything in the book. I've been called no fun. I've been called old fashioned. I've been called uh softy. I've been called everything in the book. The bottom line is exactly what you said, Jake. This is a guy that if – look, if Juju Smith-Schuster was on pace to be a 1,500-yard receiver, have 15 touchdowns, 
120 receptions. Do what you want. Yeah. Do what you want. But the fact of the matter is you're on a football team right now that is struggling beyond belief and the attention not just of people on the outside, but on the inside as well within your own fan base, within your own locker room is on you. It's on you. So he needs to stop with the TikTok. Stop with the Corvette Corvette crap. And start being a professional. And Jake, you're right. Antonio Brown was 1,000% right. And you know what? Juju, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid a lot of money from somebody. In my professional opinion, Juju Smith-Schuster owes at least 15% of everything that he makes on his new contract. He deserves to give that to Antonio Brown. Yeah, I mean, he's been shit for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Now, this year hasn't been like completely horrible, but just hasn't been at number one. He's the probably the third best receiver on that team. Right I don't know. I don't know if I if I said this on this show or if I said it on another show. I do so many fucking shows during the week. I just don't for, I forget where I say certain things. But Juju Smith Schuster is on pace for ninety five receptions. Very good number. Very very good number. Take a guess. What his yardage pace is, Jake? T- t- take a guess. Probably like eight fifty, eight hundred. Very close. Very yeah. very close. 807 yards. Yeah. 807. I, I believe it. Yeah. 100%. I believe that. Like, like what? Like seven touchdowns? Seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That That's, I, I don't know why anybody would pay money for that. Me neither. And you know what? He's going to go out and say, you know what? Reward me for what I did three years ago. And I'm sorry, he he he's just not worth that. You could not. If I am a general manager, if I am a head coach, if I am an if I am an owner of an NFL team, you could not convince me that this. I don't want to say lightning rod, because I think that's a bit harsh. But this kind of outlandish personality that is very inconsistent with his play. I would want to be paying a top dollar to or B top dollar to, and then bringing him into my locker room when he already is a very polarizing and very divisive figure around the NFL. Yeah. Especially with the names that are going to be out there at the position. Yeah. Yeah. You have Kenny Galladay who could be out there. And then of course you have the big ticket, big tickets, Alan Robinson. And you have Chris Godwin and you have Chris Godwin as well. Yeah. And you're talking Alan Robinson and a sleeper. A guy I think is better than Juju Smith-Schuster. How about Will Fuller? That's a great one. That's a great – actually, that's a fantastic one, Jake. Yeah. Would you pay more money to Will Fuller or Juju Smith-Schuster? Will Fuller now with the, the drug suspension and the past injury concerns. The injuries, yeah. And Juju Smith-Schuster with the – again, I don't want to say character concerns, but it's character concerns in a different sort of light. It's more maturity, which is his problem. Well, Juju's going to get more money probably, but I'd rather have Will Fuller for less money. That makes sense. 
Yes, I agree with you. Now, if it's a multi-year deal, let's just say at, the, at both of them you're guaranteeing, let's say Juju, Juju's going to get four or five years, let's just say, and Will Fuller gets three. Who are you paying? Who are you paying? Fuller or Juju? When could I cut? When could I cut them both? <laughs> um, what can I get out of it? Let's say, say, say Fuller after a year. Juju let's say Will. Two? Let's say Will Fuller is front loaded. Juju is back loaded. Oh, Will Fuller. Okay, opposite. Juju front loaded. Fuller back loaded. Juju. Okay. All right. I, I will accept that. But bottom line. Juju, stay off of TikTok, please, yeah. please, and try and have some respect. I beg you. Um, okay, so that is Deep Sleeper for the week. And now we are in to NBA. The association. The association. It is time. So how we're going to do this, like I said. Here are the awards that we are going to be predicting. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and then after the awards, we get to overall trade predictions, a.k.a. the James Harden discussion. And then we get to playoffs and finals predictions. So then we will give we'll give our eight teams coming out of the East, our eight teams coming out of the West, and then we give who we think is going to be in the NBA finals. So, Jake, let's start with sixth man of the year. Who do we think, who do you think is going to be the sixth man of the year? in the NBA, sir, the floor is yours. I think I have to go with the ultimate six man of the year. And that is Lou Williams. Hmm. Tons of, tons of experience off the bench. Not much of an off season. Guy's been there, done that contending team. I know he had his little issue in the bubble last year, but I think that's ancient history. The Clippers are ready to move on. Uh, I'm going to go with sweet Lou. I'm 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 very 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 surprised. I'm I'm happy because we're going to be different in this one, and I'm actually going for one of your boys. Oh, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to look like a homer or anything. Don't but... worry, I'll I'll do it for you, and you can you could definitely chime in on this one. I'm going for Karis Levert. That's my boy. I, I he he's he's so talented. He is so talented. He's, I think I told you since his rookie year how good he is. He is so good. And I think he's with, bought in too. He bought in number one. He's in a great situation in Brooklyn where he is going to be used by new head coach Steve Nash in sort of that. And if you were watching the game last night, which I know you were, yeah. and I watched it back this morning, it was very clear to me how Steve Nash and really Mike D'Antoni as well, because you have to understand and remember. From and Jake, you can tell me if I'm wrong because obviously you are more the Nets guy than I am. But for me, Mike D'Antoni is the guy that's going to be really creating and running 
the offensive schemes for the Nets. And Steve Nash obviously will provide his input, but mainly the whole crux of the offensive construction is going to be through Mike D'Antoni, correct? And you're forgetting another another assistant on the Nets staff too. Two two very important assistants. Number one, there's Jacques Vaughn, who did a great job mm-hmm. last year yeah. as the interim head coach. And Amari Stoudemire's on the Nets coaching staff too. Yes. Yes. So you got that whole Phoenix uh connection there, but you're right though. And Mike D'Antoni's issue is not coaching offense either that's what i want to let our listeners know this was a great hire for as an assistant as a head coach i don't love it but as somebody that's going to just focus on offense and you let like jock vaughn amari stoudemire steve nash i think steve nash is just more of the overall leader of the team yes and the community he's the figurehead but listen he definitely knows his ex he's not an idiot he's steve nash but yeah for sure you're right, though. And as far as Karis LeVert goes, man, he's bought in. Um, he's never had an ego. He's locked. He's signed for – he's got a long-term deal. It's not like he's upset with his contract, where I think Spencer did what he could be a little sour mm-hmm. about his contract, how it's his last year, and he kind of knows the writing's on the wall for him in Brooklyn. Right. But, uh, no, Karis LeVert – and I really hope the Nets keep – I don't – well, I know we're going to talk about James Harden, but I think we got to keep the depth of this team, man. I think we got a good thing going, and I, I really don't want to disrupt it. And any trade for a big name, it's going to have to be bye-bye to Karis LeVert. And I think he's so vital coming off the bench playing that six-man role where, you know, you could sit Kyrie and KD down for a little bit because Karis LeVert has proven that he can get hot and carry a team offensively. You saw it in the bubble last year. Yeah. Yeah, and I even think that when I was watching the game back this morning, what – Karis Levert's role on this team kind of reminds me of is the prime, I wouldn't say prime, but middle of to later years of what the still championship caliber San Antonio Spurs were, where you had Manu Ginobili coming off the bench to beat that spark. That's what I think Karis Levert's role is for the Nets, where This is the guy where he knows he's behind guys like Joe Harris, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving with in terms of that whole first unit. But the second unit that can come off the bench, guys like uh, Dinwiddie, guys like Jared Allen, he could be the core of that second unit, so to speak, and be the scoring threat. Yeah. Well, Spencer's probably in the starting five. If you're going to yeah. have Karis LeVert come off the bench. So mm-hmm. the second unit's probably going to consist of uh, Karis LeVert, uh, Landry Shamit, who I thought was a great trade yeah. in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Allen, who I think should be starting, but I think politics kind of get in the way there. And I do too. Um, also, and I think a great signing was Jeff Green. for Yeah, uh, he, he looked good last night. But I, I really I do like your take of Karis LeVert though. The net second unit's very good too. And um it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a ride in Brooklyn this year, man. I'm excited. I'm sure we'll talk about them at some point again in this podcast. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. So we move on from six men. Let's go to a award that I think there's a lot of candidates for, believe it or not. And I think this is the one where they're going to be names that are outside the box that are talked about for this award. And that is most improved player. That's why I want to talk about it. 
Yes, this is the one where I think we're going to have some outside the box sort of names here. I, I think I can guess yours, though. Who do you think mine is? Is it Mitchell Robinson? It is not Mitchell Robinson. See, I'm not. See, I'm not a Mitchell Robinson guy. A lot of people think he's gonna be a candidate for the most improved player. He y- y- look, he could be. His big problem is fouls. His the big fouls. problem is fouls, and he has all the talent in the world, but it's the foul trouble that kills him. Yeah, kills him. Um, we we talked about this guy. We talked about this guy when we were talking about the NBA offseason and the wrap up and he was my fa- one of my favorite oh, off signings. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. You know who it is? Yeah. Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets. I had a feeling. He, he's one of my guys. He is one of my guys. I looking at him when he finished the season last year with the Pistons and was finally coming into his own after Andre Drummond was traded and he finally got that fixed place in the Pistons starting five. He looked great. And it with there was the added responsibility or his overall improvement as a player from getting more minutes, getting more experience and more consistent minutes, should I say. And I think now you take him from a Pistons team that, let's face it, it's not that good. And now you put him in a Good talent situation in Houston with John Wall, for now James Harden. Uh, You have DeMarcus Cousins that can kind of teach him the ropes a little bit as well. This is a great situation for Christian Wood, and I only think it's going to improve if James Harden is traded because then it gives him even more responsibility. And if he shows something when James Harden is there and then James Harden gets dealt, you can make a piece that the center of the Rockets rebuild is going to focus mainly on building some sort of team around guys like Christian Wood. Well, yeah, he's the only youth they have on the team. <laughs> yes. That's yes. what it is. And I, I like that pick a lot. Um, and again, his volume is definitely going to go up once James Harden. It's not really – if it's when James Harden is traded, that's I don't even think that's yes, a question. It's a, ma- it's a matter of when. Of when. So um, that's a good pick. Uh, we don't match. Mine's a little bit more out there. Go ahead. But I did. I do want to. I did make a decent pick last year. Um, guy didn't win, but I liked Brandon Ingram a lot last year. Um, yeah, it was close. But my pick well, this he, year. He, he deserved it. Yeah, he deserved it. I mean, he's he's incredible. Brandon yeah, but my guy this year, you're going to laugh at me. I have Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers as my most improved player. You know, I'm not laughing at you because I like Darius Garland lo- a lot. Loved him out of the draft, man. I, I'm i not laughing at that one. I think it's a really, really – and this, like I said, this is the category for outside-the-box picks, and that's it. The only thing that he needs to really – I listen, he needs to improve pretty much every aspect of his game if you really want to get serious about talking about him as a star-caliber player. But it's really a three-point percentage, man. That's really – he's got – he's only – and people got to realize this too. He's only 20 years old. Yeah. And he's his last – his 
for his only year of Vanderbilt, he only played in three games towards meniscus. And last year he said he wasn't fully healthy. And you have to remember a good thing to keep in mind about a lot of these teams. They had a lot of time to rest in the off season if they were not in the NBA playoffs in the bubble. So the Cavs were just sitting at home. He had much more time to get healthy. So, you know, he's got the fresh legs this year and he's, a year of experience, I, I think he's going to break out in a big way this year, and I think he's going to be in the discussion. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great pick. And and there was one other guy that I was really, really considering putting on this list, and I just think that he's someone that I definitely should be mentioning in this conversation. I think you would agree with this one, is Shea Gilders-Alexander. Yeah. Because I think now, with no Chris Paul in Oklahoma City, there is going to be even more responsibility put on Shea Gilders Alexander's shoulders. And I even, I think he's a terrific player. I really, really I, do. I considered Colin Sex. I don't know why I'm high on the Cavs this year, but I considered Colin Sexton too. But I think Garland, when he's clicking on all cylinders, I think he's got more upside than Colin Sexton. There's a reason why Darius Garland was such a hot dude. He was a lot of like, he arguably could have went number three to the Knicks in that draft. Oh, he could have. He, he definitely, he definitely could have. You could have made the case for him, but mm-hmm. uh, Colin said he had a great game tonight too. By the way, yeah, Colin, Colin Sexton looked great tonight, and so so did Darius Garland. Yes. So it's maybe one of our guys will hit this year, man. Hey, you know what? I, I it's not. I'm not crazy about you know you coming on and saying that you know you're worried about you know say, you know hyping up the Cavs. It's not. It's not a bad thing. I think the Cavs are very exciting, very good young team that we're talking maybe two, three years from now can make some noise. And they have the foundations in a very, very good backcourt with Colin Sexton and and, and Darius Garland. And then you got Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, You got uh, the other guy they drafted this year, Isaac Arapko. Yep. I can't. Obviously, I knew I was going to butcher that one. Um, but then you just have Andre Drummond just kind of hanging that I, I still don't understand where he comes from. Where does Colin, where does Andre Drummond just fit in? Um, well, I think, you know, he's, he's on an expiring contract. Yeah. So, Get so he, he'll, for him. Yeah. he'll be there, you know, up until the deadline and then he'll probably be a guy that, that that's moved for, uh, maybe for to assets. the Knicks. Maybe to the Knicks. Stop maybe. it. Stop. He didn't go to he didn't go to Kentucky, so there True. is some hope for you there. Jake, we are the New York Wildcats. Haven't it, you it, haven't you heard? Well, we listen, changed, when when you were we describing when you were describing the uh Rockets roster before, I was like, damn, is, is that the Knicks roster? I, I, I forgot who you're talking about the, for a second there. The the Knicks missed a great opportunity to bring in John Wall and Demarcus Cousins to complete this Kentucky mess that we have now. And they cut Michael Kid Gilchrist. So that's another Kentucky Wildcat. That is bye bye. Wow, that uh, well, Tom Thibodeau did say that you have to go out there and get stars. And Demarcus Cousins and John Wall used oh, to be stars. So they used to be stars. Yeah, about about seven years ago, but they they used to be stars. Yes, maybe Bobby Portis will come back one day. Stop it! Stop <laughs> it! All right, so we. God, Bobby Portis, just Julie's right. Put a fork in me, will you? So we move on from most improved, and now we go to 
defensive player of the year. For me, this is a two-dog race between two guys. One of them is the reigning MVP. The other one is currently the best big man currently playing in, in Los Angeles. And I'm going for the big man in Los Angeles. I'm going for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I have Giannis. But and you know what? I, I can't I can't hate you on that. I can't. Yeah, it's a toss just, up just, between the two. Yeah, I don't have a reason not to pick him. So um that that's my explanation. <laughs> no, I listen. <laughs> listen might sound very basic, but yeah. Listen, it, it it's a very, very fair pick. And like I said, it's either good. It's you, you either are picking one or you're picking the other. There, there's no, there's no wiggle room in between. So yeah, fair enough. Listen, I, I, I can't hate on you for the defensive player of the year pick. Um, I want to move on. We were going to talk about offensive player of the year, but I am actually going to change this. I'm going to throw a little curveball here and swerve from the offensive player of the year to you. Kind of reminded me of this when talking about Darius Garland. I didn't put rookie of the year on here. So that's what we're going to do. Rookie of the year. Jake, who is it? I have a, uh, a pr- I'm not going to go for a LaMelo ball like Anthony Edwards. I have a little bit more of an outside the box guy. Cause I think he's going to get a ton of minutes. Um, and I liked him a lot. I think he would have been great for your Knicks, by the way. Just saying. Are, are you going to say Tyrese Halliburton? No. Wow. No. I, th- okay. I think he, I think he was going to be great for your Knicks though. I, I liked him too. The Knicks just missed this guy. I'm going to go Killian Hayes. Mm, interesting. I think he's, dude, he was exactly what the Knicks needed. A long, lanky guard, two-way player, can shoot it a little bit, great facilitator, just a real strong NBA body. I think that's what he, – he was gone to pick before the Knicks. So, And I think he's going to get a ton of minutes this year on the Pistons. A team that, you know, they have some young pieces. Obviously, their record's not going to show it, but I think he's going to get tons of opportunities this year, and I think he's going to put up some numbers. That's my pick. It's a little bit more abstract, plus a 1,000 odds, according to DraftKings. So, yeah, Killian Hayes. See, I'm I'm not going to be that outside the box. Um it really was a very close back and forth between three guys, between, of course, the top three, between uh, LaMelo, between James Wiseman, and between Anthony Edwards. Uh, Anthony Edwards, for me, I just think there's too much going on in that backcourt yeah. in Minnesota for me to really go in that direction where he's going to be sharing a lot of that with D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Um, with LaMelo... LaMelo is a good shout for for anybody that wants a guy that, you know, people believe is going to be, you know, locked and loaded to win rookie of the year. There's an odds on favorite. I think it is going to be LaMelo ball. And for me, it's more of, I just don't feel that the Hornets are very entertaining. They have, they, they have a couple good ball handlers though. I love, they do. I, like the, I like Devontae Graham a lot. I, I Devontae and, Graham is the only guy for me. Terry Rozier put up 42 points tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward excites people. Yeah. The Knicks were saved from him by Michael Jordan, as we Thank talked God. about. Thank God for Michael Jordan. Thank God. What, yeah. a, what a king. Um, But 
my guy is going to be James Wiseman. And for me, I think what helps him are a couple things. Number one, he is playing on the best team out of the three where you have Draymond Green that's going to be available, hopefully. And you also have the best player out of all the three teams on the Golden State Warriors in Steph Curry, which is going to really help James Wiseman, I think, get comfortable in terms of pick and rolls, in terms of oops and, and, and things like that. That is going to help James Wiseman, I think, really get his numbers up. I think the transition for someone like James Wiseman is going to be a lot smoother into the NBA in certain aspects. I still think that he could definitely struggle on the defensive end. We saw a little bit of that against the Nets where oh, he I was going to mention he looked horrible. He definitely was not in his element as of yet. But to be fair, what Golden State Warrior looked great in that no, game against they, the they, Nets. They looked completely overwhelmed. Yeah, they did. They completely did. The Nets, the Nets are a way better team than the Warriors, but it was the first game for Steph Curry back in action. They don't have Clay. Draymond didn't play. It really was a bunch of a bunch of puzzle pieces we, that they decided to put together and hope it was going to yeah. complete the puzzle. We're sure that Steph Curry is the best player out of all three of those teams. Hundred percent. Out of um, we're going with another uh, former Kentucky well, Wildcat well, here, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you want to put, nah, I wouldn't. I would still take Curry over him. It's closer, but it's closer. Yes, yes, that's fair. I, I did not consider Carl Anthony Towns. That's a, that's a, a good lot point. of a lot of Kentucky Wildcats we've been mentioning tonight. Carl <sighs> Anthony Towns. If you want to come to the Knicks, become another Wildcat. Just come to the home of the Wildcats. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. And Coach Cal will be coaching them before you know it. <sighs> Kentucky looks horrible this year. Stop it. Hey, hey, you know what? I think the one Kentucky pick that I've actually been okay with based on the way that he played in the game tonight was Emmanuel Quickly. I tell you what. Not Kevin Knox? Fuck Kevin Knox. (laughs) Fuck Kevin Knox. Emmanuel Quickly, he looks like he could ball. I I, I, I tell you what, I don't know. I I don't know if he's a star, but he got hurt, though. Right? Yeah, did, he did. Did, did he hurt his head? Oh well, I yeah, mean, did, he did. Of are you are you surprised? No, because the Knicks are allergic to good things happening to them, and we'll be seeing either Dennis Smith or Frank Nilakina, uh starting for the uh, for the Knicks in no time. Don't Yay. worry about that. Whoopee, yippee, Kaye. Okay, so rookie of the year done. Now let's go to the big one. MVP. I don't know who the hell goes first in this one. I think it might be you, Jake. No, it's me because you said Killian Hayes. (sighs) This is a very tricky one because there are a lot of names that I definitely want to say. If I'm going for someone that is just a a deep, deep, deep sleeper for MVP, Damian Lillard in Portland. That's a deep one. It was a very deep one, but I think he can do it because Damian Lillard, for me, I would – if someone were to say to me right now that Damian Lillard is the best point guard in the NBA, I would listen to it because I think they have a case. They have a case for that. I think of the obvious choices. I think of Anthony Davis. I think of Giannis. 
I think maybe not so obvious, but still obvious enough because he is who he is, and that's Kevin Durant, uh, potentially James Harden, if he really wants to play his way out of Houston. LeBron but James. LeBron James, yes. But there's one guy I didn't mention, and that is Luka Doncic. I think Luka Doncic is going to break through, and I think he wins league MVP this year in the year of our Lord, 2020-2021. Okay. I can get behind Luka. But it's, it's outside I, the box. I think, and I don't want to sound like a casual, but I think this one guy has something missing from his resume, and that's an MVP. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the year. He's too good not to win an MVP, and that's Anthony Davis. Yep. Fair pick. Uh, Very I think, fair. I think it's good. I think the Lakers, as I don't want to say LeBron James is like washed up or anything like that, but no, it's eventually going to shift to more of 80s team, I feel like, than LeBron's team. Wouldn't you agree? I would a thousand percent agree. I think that Anthony Davis is just an absolute monster, best big in the game. And that's my MVP this year. And I think I LeBron's would... going to load manage a lot. So 80s numbers are going to be. A little bit more inflated than last year, I think. See, now I would go on record, Jake. I would say that not only is Anthony Davis the best big in the game, because he is. Yeah. I would say he's the most complete player in the league right now. In terms of what he could do with the ball in his hands, what he can do on the defensive end. He can shoot a three. His mid-game is terrific. His post game is outstanding. Rim game is terrific. This is a guy that you're basically, and and I mean, I don't mean to undercut him in any way, but this is a guy that is a lock for a double-double a night. Yeah. And that could be underselling it. And also his three-point shooting is only getting better too. Right. It is only improving. How How about this one? And I don't think people are talking enough about it, but if he could stay healthy, what if Russell Westbrook, dude, triple I thought, double machine? I thought about him, and I didn't want to get laughed at, but I a thousand no. percent agree with you, man. No, I, I, I don't it's think it's one you get racks. laughed at at all. He stuffs the stat sheet, and you know and, what? He's on a team now where he can do it. Yeah, off on Bradley Beal, man. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he had a triple double game one, game one, Wednesday night. He had a triple-double. He's the first Washington Wizard or Bullet ever to have a triple-double in the first game of the year. Yeah. My outside-the-box one, uh, I Russ was a thought. My more of a wild-card one was Jason Tatum. I have no problem with that one either. I have no problem with that one. I think this year he's going to take a step to becoming more of a superstar rather than mm-hmm. just like a star promising you know what i'm saying he went from yeah. a promising young player to a star and i think now he's gonna be more of a superstar i think he's gonna be that franchise guy that the celtics uh envisioned when they drafted him would you say and and this is not me but i've heard this take a couple of times and would you say that in terms of what jason tatum has done so far in his nba career in terms of all the hype that was associated with him coming in, 
to growing into the player that he is now and potentially still getting better. Would you say that so far the lack of playoff success for Boston has kind of hurt him in terms of getting that national recognition as a player that balls out on a nightly basis? Yes, uh, because the first year you were a game away from the NBA Finals and you blew a 3-1 to lead against LeBron James. So it's kind of tough to – anything short of the Finals is seen as a failure. Mm-hmm. But we have some news on Jason Tatum. I don't know if you were watching any of these. We were recording when this happened. Uh, I, di- I did see the news, yes. You, you I saw did it, see right? It. He yep. hit the game winner? Hit the game winner over Giannis. Over Giannis. I swear to God, I did not see that before we were talking about Jason Tatum. <laughs> swear on my family, had nothing to do with that. So he got some. He got some points deducted for the. You saw me too. I looked down on my phone while you. You know. Yep. Not that I, I was ignoring you or anything. I just you know heard. No, the I saw you. You were you were, you were you were keeping in tune. You wanted to see if uh, Matt's Jason Richardson bet hit. Yeah. By the way, in case you're anybody needs filling in, uh, my kid brother decided to put fifteen dollars on Jason Richardson with eight assists and the Mavericks beating the Suns with that game going on right now, Wednesday, 1036 PM. And by, and by the way, I think every single segment that we've done tonight, we have mentioned a Kentucky wildcat. I anyone that had the over watching this podcast. Yeah. Congratulations. The over has hit. Um, All right. So that is the, the players done. I think what I want to do before we go into the trade predictions is I'll let you, I think, have your moment here. Before we go into that, I'll throw a little curveball on you. Who's your coach of the year? Whoa. There are a lot of there are a lot of good candidates. I you know the I, I, I don't really like coach of the year because I feel like the great coaches never win. It's a subjective award. My, my coach of the year, and you're going to laugh at me because I think this team's going to make the playoffs even though their talent isn't the best and they play in a, a really loaded conference. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Greg Popovich making the playoffs with the San Antonio Spurs this year. <laughs> I, dude, I'm not laughing at you because Greg Popovich making the playoffs would be the least surprising and, thing I've and, ever seen. And, and, and if the Spurs make the playoffs this year, that man deserves to be the coach of the year. Uh, listen, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for picking Greg Popovich, and again, it would not surprise me one bit if Greg Popovich decides that the San Antonio Spurs make it as a 7 or an 8 seed in the West. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, I am going – see, there are two coaches that I have in mind to win Coach of the Year, and unfortunately is not Steve Nash. And I really thought about him, but I just think there are two other coaches the that other immediately coach? n- stop it that immediately <laughs> popped to my mind. One is Eric Spolstra, and the other one who is my pick to win Coach of the Year, based on the fact that I think his team, a very young team who got better in the offseason, they are going to the playoffs in a loaded Western Conference. It is Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. After going 8-0 in the bubble, he has such an impact on that team. Those players in Phoenix love playing for him. You can see it. And you look at what they have right now. You look at Chris Paul. You look at James uh, Jay Crowder. 
was gonna say Jameson Crowder. I think I'm on the uh, the fantasy show. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Me. Sorry about that. And and Devin Booker only only getting better. Look, do we think that you know the Suns are going to be in as one of the six the the top six that automatically get in? No, probably not. But can you see them getting in as a seven or a ten? Where seven through ten, where they would have to play in one of the uh, the play-in scenarios, yeah, I can absolutely, absolutely see it. And I think the Phoenix Suns, you're talking about them as a seven or an eight seed that win one of those playing games and get into playing uh, in a Western Conference first round against a Lakers or uh, or a Clippers team, who I believe and, are in any particular order one and two in the West. Yeah, I don't know if we really talked about this on the preview show, but Chris Paul was an excellent acquisition for the Phoenix Suns. I think Devin uh, Booker's career is going to be taken to new heights with Chris uh, Paul one, learning from him. One million percent that yeah. Chris Paul could be one of the most underrated acquisitions of the entire offseason that nobody is talking about. I think Chris Truly. Paul is the most underrated player of our generation. Uh, without a doubt. Without a like, doubt, if without he, Steph, he's the best point guard of our generation, hands down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to think about that, but 100%. yeah, mm-hmm. I, there's there's nobody who tops him. Yeah, if he stays healthy, James Harden and Chris Paul go to the NBA Finals mm-hmm. and take on, and LeBron probably wins another wins another championship. Correct, correct. And that, listen, I I love Chris Paul. I love so Chris I. Paul and the league is just better when he is in it. And what he was able to do in Oklahoma city last year was nothing short of sensational. Incredible. Yeah. And you know, now fair play to him for doing what he needed to do in Oklahoma city, getting them on the map. And now Sam Presti was able to get a ton, a ton of first round picks for Mr. Chris Paul. So we move on from Chris Paul. We move on from coach of the year. Let's talk trades, shall we? Ah. <sighs> well, Jake, I'll let you start this one. James Harden, where do you think he's going? I think he's going to go to the Sixers. I think they make too much sense. I think it's going to be Ben Simmons and like two first round picks for Chris uh, for James Harden. I think that gets the deal done. You know, I hate to be the the guy that agrees, but it it just seems like it makes the most sense. I I don't Set see it in the preview, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Miami is going to really pay the top price that Houston will deservedly ask for. I don't think Brooklyn are going to go out of their way to to really do it. So it really just is leaving Philadelphia very much in, in the mix. And I think, you know, with Philadelphia, we talked about this in the preview. If if they have the courage, I guess, for lack of a better word, to throw in Ben Simmons, I think that deal gets done pretty easily. I think if I'm Denver, though, I think I offer Jamal Murray to try to get the deal done. But that that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't know who says no. Maybe Denver. Maybe would, Denver would say I, no. I, I would trade Jamal Murray 
in a trade for James Harden. But Denver already said no, they're not trading Jamal Murray. So right. that, that's right. just chatter. But uh, right. yeah, Philadelphia I mean, makes just all the sense in the world. And I think I expect that deal to get done. You know, I think when you when you bring up Denver, I think about it and I say, you know what? If you can guarantee me that James Harden would go to Denver and then re-sign there. Well, yeah, he's got three years left on his deal, though. Right, right. So and he's 32. So you kind of figure, do you really want him for more than three? The okay, Denver so Nuggets the, championship window is it's the Denver Nuggets. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So then it really just comes down to what would you rather have? Would you rather have or what would, what do you feel more comfortable with in terms of potentially winning a championship for the Nuggets? Would you okay. feel more comfortable about having a three ish year window with James Harden or would you feel like the let's say six to eight year window that potentially Jamal Murray can give you is the one that you go for yeah. if you are the Denver Nuggets and hope you add some pieces along the way to kind of facilitate that advancement up the standings in the West. Yeah, I go with James James Harden, Nikola Jokic. Uh, good luck stopping that. Uh, yes, I would, I, I would agree, but it also comes down to the price that you are paying. And if it requires the Nuggets mortgaging their entire future to do it, then for me, it doesn't make all the sense in the world, especially when you have no guarantees in terms of James Harden after the three years, if you don't win a championship, especially now with the West be as tough as it's been. It, it, it continues to be tough. This is the, yeah. the toughest road between the West and the East. It's the West by a mile. You know, when you have, there's no debating that. I mean, just just run through the teams that are in the West. I mean, you have that can realistic realistically make a run at the finals. You have the Pelicans. You have the Mavericks. You have the Rockets. You have the Nuggets. Would you put the Utah Jazz in there? Would you put? You definitely put the Lakers in there. You put the Clippers in there. You put the Suns in there. I just think with Damian Lillard, you have to put the Trailblazers in there. So right then and there, that's seven or eight teams that you can realistically say are making a run in, in the Western Conference and could represent the West in in the NBA Finals. So um, before we go to the playoffs and the finals predictions, Jake, do we have any more trade predictions that you want to throw out there? I I actually have an interesting one. Please share. I do. How about at the trade deadline? Would it be would it be out of the realm of possibilities to see Al Horford go to a go to a contender? No. I think that's that's a name to keep an eye no. on for let's say Brooklyn, uh the Clippers, the Lakers. I know mm-hmm. it's not like the sexy name, but I as far as superstars go, it's really going to be James Harden. But a guy like Al Horford, I think he, I don't think he's a bad player. I just think the fit was so bad last year with the Sixers. When yep. he was on the Celtics, he was a a force, man. Yeah. He could shoot, you know, he could do it all. And I think he's got a little bit of basketball left. And if I was a contending team, I would definitely take a look. I that's my other prediction is Al Horford to a contender. Andre Drummond, I think, is another one that, you know, if you're listing the teams that are in the Horford running. 
I think those those teams could also be in in a race for Andre Drummond, of course, on an expiring contract. So you could bring him in and basically use him as a rental. And, you know, we, we, we are on the subject of bigs. How about this one? I think this could be an interesting one, given he failed to agree a contract extension with his team before the season. Um, there is a very crowded front court that exists in Atlanta. I understand he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year, but for me, I've always been a big fan of his, and that's John Collins. Yeah, like him see, a lot. Could we see him potentially sold if the price is right? That's a name if I was the Knicks that I would look at, but I don't know if he really fits in now. Um, mm. But uh, I like that one. Another name to keep an eye out for is DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah, that that is an interesting one. And I think this goes back to what you were talking about before with the Spurs potentially making a playoff run is if they are in that position where they could push to get in as one of the lower end play-in seeds in the West, do they trade DeMar DeRozan if they know he's not going to resign there next year? Do Or do they try and add? Do they try and add to the young nucleus that they have, you know, on top of existing veterans, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, you have Derek White as well. Do they try and add one more piece, perhaps a wing shooter to, to sort of help what is already there and potentially try and get San Antonio into the, into the playoffs, into the postseason. Yeah. Knowing Greg Popovich. Yeah. That I think that's where the sharp money would be. I would say that that is where the big time money would be quite honestly, is that if, if Popovich sees that there is an Avenue towards San Antonio getting into the playoffs, he will flip over earth to go get a guy that will help them potentially get in. And maybe one other guy that we haven't talked about, there were some rumblings, but I don't know, given the Pacers standing in the East, and that is Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I just don't know how much he has left of, I think he's a little bit more of a name than, yeah, yeah, uh, he hasn't looked, I just think the injuries and kind of where the NBA is heading towards, if that makes sense, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jake, you make a good point, and again, I, I, I hate to agree with you, but we're on the same page with this one. Victor Oladipo, for me, is a name. He's a name and that's it. Like he's, It also depends on the price. If you're telling me that it's a, it's a first-round pick and a player for Oladipo, then I would say, okay, fine. But if it's multiple first-round picks... You know, with protections and and all of that, yeah. I would just say, why, why? It makes it makes no sense because is Old Depot a good player? Yes, he he is a good player, but for me, when you're trading multiple first round picks, you better be trading for the best guy on that team. And Victor Oladipo is not even the best player on the Indiana and in the on the Indiana Pacers. It is Demontis Sabonis. He is the best player on the Pacers. You could even make a case, and I would hear it, that he is not even the number two best player on the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I, I would agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near him. No, neither would I. Neither would I. That's that, that's one that we agree on again. So this is one we will not agree on. I can tell you that right now. And if we do, I don't know what I will say. It is playoff and final prediction time. So, Jake. How I think we do this is we go 
conference by conference. So I'll give my West with the seeds. And then you give your West and then you give your East. I'll give my East. You know, we say our winners for each and then we pick the finals. Okay. All right. So we'll start in the West and this is the one where I had the biggest issue in terms of trying to figure out the seating in terms of trying to figure out where these teams are going to fit, but let's give it a go. So the number one seed in the West, I do have the defending champs, the Los Angeles Lakers as the number one seed. It should not be much of a surprise to anybody that I would potentially have them as number one seed, but I do. Uh, The number two seed, I'm going for the other team in Los Angeles. I am going for the Los Angeles Clippers. The number three seed in the West, I am going for the Dallas Mavericks. I think that they finally get over the hump, and I think that they set themselves up for an enticing date in the NBA playoffs with a lesser seed. Number four, I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. I think that this is a team that um, really can get over the hump this year and really start to push towards being in the elite group of teams of the Western conference, but they need to be able to at least give it a go in the big time, big time moments. And for me, give, give me the nuggets, give me the nuggets as a sleeper team where if they were to finish as a two or even a one seed, I wouldn't be surprised. This is a young, this is an exciting team. I love what I see with what we talked about before, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. This is a really fantastic team and maybe someone that we didn't talk about either. And he is definitely a candidate for most improved player of the year. Michael Porter Jr. He definitely is in this discussion. Um, yeah, I like the Nuggets a lot as a, as a number four seed that could make a, a ton of noise. Number five, I'm going with the Utah Jazz. I think that this is a team that has consistently slept on year after year. And for me, I think I'm comfortable with having them be a, a shoo-in in terms of a team that can definitely make the Western Conference playoffs. Six seed, I am going with the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they can squeak in as a six. Um, and there are a lot of talented teams that are in the running for this, but I do believe that the Pelicans do squeak in as a number six seed number seven i'm going with the phoenix suns uh that's one that i think i alluded to earlier that i thought the phoenix suns would push towards being in the play-in tournament and i do have them as a top seed in that play-in tournament so phoenix gets in as a number seven seed the number eight seed i'm going with the portland trailblazers and again i think this comes down to they think they have uh one of the best players in the nba on their roster damian lillard and of course talk about cj mccollum as well uh this is an unbelievably good Portland Trailblazers team and I think if they were to get out of this playing tournament they would be a really 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 dangerous uh, number eight seed coming out of the west number nine I'm going for the Golden State Warriors I think that the Warriors some way somehow find a way to get it done with a healthy Steph Curry if Draymond Green can get healthy if we see a little bit more from James Wiseman I could put them in as number nine seed in the west and number ten This is an interesting one because I have not mentioned the Rockets. I have not mentioned the Spurs, but I'm going to go with more youth here. And I'm going to say 
the Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant get in as the 10 seed in the West. So setting up John Morant versus Devin Booker in the play-in round and then setting up the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors in that play-in round. Very, very, very interesting. We agree for most of them, but I'll give you my teams now. Please, go for it. Definitely got the Lakers as the one seed. Good. I we have agree the Clip- on that. Clippers as the two seed. I have Denver as my three seed. My four seed is Dallas. My five seed might surprise you. The New Orleans Pelicans. Woo! You have higher than me. I'm so I'm really sold on what I, they're doing. I, you <laughs> I know, really am, man. You know what? I thought I was high. I thought I was high on the Pelicans. You're really high on them. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm assuming Zion plays the full. Not, obviously, not all seventy-two games, but I'm gonna say, I think sixty games would be. That's fine. That's I fine. I think that's fine. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to really. I'm. I, I love Zion. I think he's gonna be great. I do too. I do too. I mean, who, how can, how can you not like Zion? No, I, I don't know how you can't. He's but, he he's unbelievable. He 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 makes he makes watching basketball just fun. Yeah. No, I I agree. Uh, My sixth seed, believe it or not, is going to be the Utah Jazz. I I don't hate that. My seventh seed is going to be the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. My eighth seed is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Okay. And my ninth seed, and this one team is going to surprise you that they don't make the playoffs. I'm going to go with the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know if the Warriors make the playoffs. And And here's why. It's not, I don't know if Steph Curry is going to stay healthy all year, if that makes sense. No, it's a fair point. I think no. I think there's going to be no clay. Draymond is hurt already. Constantly, constantly. What? Even if they just have Steph Curry, is that enough without Draymond? We saw them last night. I get it. They looked overwhelmed. But is Steph Curry and James Weissman and Eric Pascal? And I do like Kelly Oubre Jr. I think he's got some skills, but. Eh, the West is loaded in the East. Sure. That that's good enough to be at least the five or six seed, mm-hmm. but this is the West man. There's some hitters there and I could be dead wrong on the Spurs, but is Greg Popovich really not going to make the playoffs again? I wouldn't put my money on it. So, and I do, I hope you're right about the Memphis Grizzlies. I do love my man, John Morant, but I, again, I think the West is too loaded and I think the Rockets, once they trade James Harden, no. So, yeah, there you have it. So that is the West. So before we go into the East, Jake, who's winning the West? I have the redemption arc. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, baby. I think I think Tyron Liu is the guy that they need steering the ship out there. Ooh, you know. Ah, I don't like this. Why, we agree? Yeah, we do. We do agree. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to say the Clippers. I'm going to say the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, look, it's really a coin flip, I feel like, between those two teams. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I I mean, at the end of the day, it's playoff LeBron. Yeah. I think the Clippers match up so well against the Lakers, which we didn't get to see that last year. Yeah. So that's what I think the difference is going to be in this year's 
go around for yeah. pending there are the no Clippers. disruptions pending there are no disruptions and you have uh all the lakers all the clippers at full health uh that could be an unbelievable series i think that's all anybody wanted to see last year yeah. at this time was you know clippers lakers in a seven game series in the western conference finals and we probably are going to get that again unless you have a Mavericks or a Nuggets team that wants to come in and spoil the party. Jake, before we move on to the East, I actually am going to swerve this and give you just a rapid-fire question. Outside of the Clippers or the Lakers, who are the clear and obvious choices to win the West? Not the Clippers or Lakers. Who do you think can win the West? Dallas Mavericks. I agree with you. I agree with you again. Dallas Mavericks. That is that. That was another pick that I've been uh, going back and forth on in my head was the yep. was the Mavs. All right, so we go to the East, and Jake, you're up first for this one, man. So, yeah, I have Milwaukee. Go. I had Milwaukee as my one seed, mm-hmm. my two seed, my Brooklyn Nets, okay, my three seed, Miami Heat, okay, four seed Philly. Five seed Boston. Okay. Six seed Toronto. Seven seed Atlanta. My eighth seed, I think this team could surprise some people. I like their young core. The Chicago Bulls. Hmm. Interesting. And my ninth seed, I thought long and hard about it. I just can't do it. I can't put the Knicks there. Oh, shucks. I I, I thought about it, though. I did. You're crazy. Yeah. Maybe if they sign John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, like we said, but no. I'm gonna now go you just the, want to uh, talk uh, about yeah. the Kentucky Wildcats in every yeah. segment, don't you? No, I, 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 listen, I might have money on the over. I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers. Okay. All right. I Listen, those are all those are all really, really good picks. The Bulls one is is, is a bit surprising for sure, but I, uh, but I do like it. Um, I'll just run down the East really quick. Uh, my number one seed, I do have the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Number two seed, this is going to be a bit of a surprise. I have the Boston Celtics being the number two seed in the East. Number three, I am going for the Brooklyn Nets as well. Number four, I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers. Five, I am going with the Toronto Raptors. Six, I am going with the Miami Heat. Seven, I, I listen, the East, the East is tough. The East is really, really tough. And for me, I, I know maybe it seems like a stretch to put Miami as the, the sixth seed when maybe, you know, they are a better team than both Philadelphia and Toronto. But something just tells me that maybe Miami kind of takes a step back a little bit. So I, I, they'll get in. They'll get in. But I don't maybe I don't see them being um, in terms of the elite teams in the East, maybe not this year. Uh, given the rise of Brooklyn, Boston coming of age, and Milwaukee being Milwaukee as well. Uh, the seventh seed, I do have the Indiana Pacers there. The eight seed, I actually have, and this is going to sound crazy, but pending everybody is healthy, I have the Washington Wizards as the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. The ninth seed, I'm going with the Atlanta Hawks. And the 10 seed, I am going with the Chicago Bulls as well. Did I forget a team? Uh, you might have. I went with nine. Whoopsies. You did. The Washington Wizards. 
There you go. Okay. So you have the Wizards in as, as the, uh, yeah. as, as, as your I was Tennessee. like, I go, wait a minute. I, I definitely skipped one on my notes. I'm like, I had the Wizards, <laughs> and I don't think I said them. Yeah, the Washington Wizards. Listen, nobody's perfect, Jake. Not like it really matters, those teams playing in the no, unle- pool. Uh, but they unless want, you have a 10 yeah. seed that's, that's winning the East, which none of us do. Um, all right, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting because I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. I think there is. <laughs> coming out of the East. I know what you're going to say. So Yeah, just, Brooklyn. Hmm. Okay. Uh, if last night was any indication, I would like to see good luck stopping the Brooklyn Nets this year on offense. Good luck. If this team plays defense like they have the last two years, good luck. That's all. I, and Kevin Durant plays defense. He does. He does. So good, just best of luck to everybody. <sighs> this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because I can make a case for every single one of those top six teams getting in as the winner in the East. Um, Philadelphia, I don't trust. Miami, they could catch fire, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're pushing the Eastern Conference Finals again. Uh, I don't see them really matching up well with the Nets. Um, Boston, coming of age there. Brooklyn, you know, is it their time or is it too soon for them? Uh, Toronto as well. Uh, Milwaukee. There, there's a lot of choices in the East that could that could end up winning it. I, however, am going to say that it is Giannis's time. Over Kevin Durant. Over Kevin Durant, I know. But something just tells me that Giannis Antetokounmpo needs this final more than any other player in the NBA right now. I think Kevin Durant does. But Kevin Durant has one. Yeah, that's true. I don't think, but but here's the thing. When talking about Giannis versus KD, and this is an interesting conversation that we can have. Are there really people out there that are doubting Kevin Durant? Oh no! I think he's the best player on the planet. Well, right. That that that's the point. Where no one is doubting Kevin Durant. Everyone knows how good Kevin Durant is. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like people give Giannis kind of a pass where they know that the Bucks roster isn't necessarily a super team. So you know, I I think the Nets have more pressure on them than the Milwaukee Bucks do. Yes, I think the Nets have a lot of pressure on them. Absolutely, 100%, because everyone, every breathing second is ready to just chop Kyrie Irving's head off. And it's so, uh, I'm so sick of people minimizing how good Kyrie Irving is, dude. This guy it's, is insane. Look, enough. It's, it's sure, not... he says some stupid things here and there, but my God, his handles are something. He could shoot from three. He's an it... excellent passer. Uh, uh, everyone would love, this guy, Nick Nick Wright. Uh, his I wanted mouth. to vomit. His his I saw mouth. He ranked Kyrie as like the lowest tier of like what the hell am I looking at right now? That's, uh, that's just that's just a journalist with an agenda. Oh I, I've never God. heard of that one before. God. I would say Kyrie, the thing with him is that his mouth doesn't help him. But in terms of what he does on the court when there's yeah. not a microphone in front of him, my God, is he one of the best point guards I've seen he's in my sh- lifetime. He's a showman. Yes, 1,000%. But when comparing Brooklyn and the Bucks, I think the underlying difference 
is there are a lot more people that hate on Giannis than there are people who hate on Kyrie and KD in year one. I, I really disagree with you. I listen, and this is this is this is finally what I've been waiting for something we disagree, uh, we disagree on. Because this when you hear people all off season and throughout Kevin Durant's career, oh, he took the easy way out. You can't his rings don't hold any merit. They don't count. He joined the he he joined a team that won uh what was it seventy three games? Yeah. Seventy three so, games. Seventy three games. Oh, they oh he he couldn't get it done on his own. He couldn't play Russ. Kyrie can only win with LeBron. These guys a lot. These guys get a lot of un, unwarranted hate, and I'm looking forward to uh, this season of, uh, but, of Brooklyn hoops. But counter countering your point, Giannis doesn't. No, I I, I think KD gets more than him. I really do. I think more people give Giannis more people give Giannis a pass because he's not playing with another superstar. Whereas with Kevin Durant, he never seemed to have gotten a pass with Russ, if that makes sense. Or and then he went to the Warriors. And Kyrie, we know people love to hate on Kyrie. Well, Kyrie again, Kyrie doesn't do himself any favors. He, he, no, but, but Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, I guess maybe Kevin Durant doesn't do himself much favors either with the whole Twitter burner account thing and fair the next chapter. But right, um, I I think Brooklyn. I also think Brooklyn offensively is just significantly better than the Bucks. <laughs> and I think Brooklyn has more dudes. The case. And and as far as the Bucks go, who what other guys on the Bucks? Now, when it comes to the playoffs, you really need those guys that are just going to snap the slump. Take put the team on their back. The Nets have legitimately three guys that could do that. You have KD that can carry you offensively, of course, the best offensive player in the game. You have Kyrie, we've seen him when he gets hot, he's unstoppable. And we saw in the bubble last year and a glimpse of it on opening night, Karis Levert would be a lot of teams, not championship caliber teams, but a middle of the pack team. He could arguably be their best player. He would be starting probably on 25 other teams. Yeah. In the league. So you can make the, that case. That's why I have Brooklyn. It has nothing to do with my fandom or anything like that. Um, but I just think they're far and away the best team in the East. If they if they played in the West, I would maybe have my hesitations. But I think in the East, man, the the, the East is going to be broke. Assuming Kevin Durant comes back healthy, how can you? I, I just don't know how you can not have the Brooklyn Nets with a healthy Kevin Durant. Um, listen, I I can't wait to see the Bucks and the Nets play. Yeah, I I, re- I really can't if the wait. Bucks get I think... there. I mean, the Bucks have to beat the the Heat first. Right. Right. And I, but I think the Bucks, from where they were last year to where they are now, I think they are a better team. I'm not going to say they are leaps and bounds better, but they are better. Yep. And I think with potential deadline acquisitions that could happen from Milwaukee, they could potentially become a better team than what they are talking on December 23rd. They could be. And like I said, I can't wait to see these two play because it is going to be a very intriguing, intriguing matchup of two teams that have a ton, a ton to play for. And I think maybe something that's not also being talked about enough in terms of pressure. This is a huge year for Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, he probably loses his job. Huge year. And Giannis somehow committed to them. 
I don't know how. Did you did you keep that dream alive that maybe he would be coming to the Mecca? No. No. A lot no. of my Nick fan buddies thought maybe Jason Kidd would be the next the Nets uh net next coach of the Knicks to try to lure Giannis. I go, um, haven't you guys just stopped with the, all that by now? Is, is Jim Dolan still gonna be the owner? Yeah. I've said enough. So we move on to our finals prediction, the last bit. Jake, you have the Clippers winning the West. You have the Nets winning in the East. Who do you have as your 2020-2021 NBA Finals winner? Let me preface my comments by saying, if Brooklyn played the Lakers in the Finals, I think the Lakers win. But if Brooklyn plays the Clippers, I think Brooklyn wins. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a fan of the Nets, making this very clear. This is nah. not the fandom coming out. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I, I I think that I think that's an accurate assessment. I think the Lakers are just they match up way I think they just could be too much for the Nets. And I don't know if the Nets have the size and the tenacity to really hang with the Lakers, especially now that they got Harrell. That's a little problematic. And I think they would be overwhelmed. But if the Clippers get there, I know I know what Kawhi Leonard can do, but uh, Paul George is he? Yeah, that's yeah. True. That's true. I've seen what Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can do in the finals. Uh, yeah, Paul George. Listen, you make a very fair and very valid point about the uh, fragility, let's say, of the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, I have the Lakers winning the West. I have the Bucks winning in the East. I have a repeat. I have the Lakers. Yeah. You know, I don't think as much as I really, really do want to root for Giannis, and I want to root for the small market to to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Uh, listen, the Lakers are just they're they're, they're too good. The, they're too good. I, the league would want nothing more than to see a Nets, L.A. NBA Finals. Um, one million percent yeah that is what they are dreaming of because you have your two biggest markets it's very possible even if really i think the dream scenario for the nba and maybe this is what you're referring to jake is the lakers and the nets lakers nets yes definitely more than clipper but i think the clippers are fine but more so lakers yes clippers they'll take but if they if it's LeBron and AD versus Kyrie and KD, you have the storyline. Wow, you have a story. Yeah, 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 and that would be an unbelievable final. You it would really would. People, you would have people that don't like basketball watching that. I agree. I agree. But I think even even if you have the Lakers and the Bucks, I think you still have you have a story uh, there. You not not that you you do not have the less than casual fan. No. No, that that's fair. But in terms of the people that watch basketball, you do have the story because you have Giannis finally in an NBA final. You want to see how how he's able to do. You want to see if he can match up to AD and LeBron. Do I think he does on his own? No. But can he if he gets some help? Sure, he definitely can. And you know, uh, the Lakers for me, that's that's the uh, that's the pick. I'm going with the Los Angeles Lakers. To uh to win the NBA Finals, Jake is going with the Brooklyn Nets to win the NBA Finals. Uh, here, so that is going to be all for this.
NBA preview show. Uh, Jake and I will be back next week for a brand new Basement Talk podcast. We don't know what we'll be talking about. We don't know what we'll be doing. It's going to be just as much of a surprise to us as it is to you. So please go check out the rest of the Basement Talk podcast. You're here. You're listening to us. You like us enough to hang with us for an hour and 25-ish minutes or so. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. But while you're at it, go check out the Basement Talk Podcast Fan Show with Adam and I. Go check out the Basement Talk Podcast Quizvitational, which we do have some news on, and that is going to be coming very soon. And we also have the Basement Talk Podcast Debate, which I have really dropped the eight ball on, but don't worry because fantasy season is slowly dying. Uh, We are going to have a lot more time for different content to be coming out on the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts, be a lot more uh, different sports being talked about. I know we talk uh, here on the Basement Talk Podcast, we talk about all different kinds of sports, a lot of college sports, professional. um, But I know the one program that we did with Connor and Andrew when we talked about uh, the NHL was very, very well received. So I definitely want to bring uh, more NHL voices onto different platforms. The Quizitational, everyone loved. And of course, the Fantasy Show, which uh, will be continuing throughout the offseason. And of course, the main show, the Basement Talk Podcast. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Whole new crew, whole new start. And Jake, it's been a pleasure so far. The fans love you. Let's keep it going, man. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Bye-bye.